Podcasting from Boston, Massachusetts, the city of innovation, education, and of course, Fenway Park, this is TI Clergy Corner, bringing you timely, insightful, and impactful sermons from Temple Israel of Boston. In this episode, we'll hear Rabbi Elaine Zecker's Shabbat Awakenings, a reflection as we make our way toward Shabbat, entitled Silent Aaron, Silent World. And Aaron was silent. His sons, appointed priests of the ancient sacrificial cult, brought forth alien fire, and Aaron was silent. God had not enjoined this kind of offering, so a different fire, a divine fire, came forth and consumed them in an instant. Moses spoke. This is what the Eternal meant. Through those near to me, I show myself holy and gain glory before all the people. But Aaron, the high priest, the father of these two young men, he was silent. Moments before, there had been a seven-day ritual of ordination to install Aaron and his four sons as priests. Step by step, sacrifice by sacrifice, Aaron and his sons with blood and grain and smoke and fire and animal body parts deftly and skillfully dashed and laid out on the altar, abiding by the regulation prescribed for them. Then in a moment of rising action, Aaron lifted his hands toward the people and blessed them. He and Moses then went into the tent of meeting. When they emerged together, they blessed the people. And that is when the presence of the eternal appeared as the climax to all that had happened at that point. Fire came forth and consumed the burnt offering and the other animal parts. The people saw They shouted and fell on their faces. The installation of the priest was complete. Day eight. And it takes us back to where we started. For there was no time for celebration. In the next instant, that same fire that consumed the burnt offering consumed the lives of Aaron's sons, the newly ordained priests. Some say this was a warning sign, a clear message that there are protocols and dictated rules for the sacrificial offerings. But Aaron was silent. Some say the sons puffed up with their own hubris, didn't know their place. But Aaron was silent. And still there are those who believe among the mystics that the sons were transported to dwell with God. But I can't get over that Aaron was silent. There may be so much to say about these young men, but I'm caught grasping my breath by Aaron's breathless response. Why not rage against the light of day, cry out in despair, weep with lamentation that could not be ignored even by God? The rabbis of the Talmud would come around later and were perplexed as well. They offered paths 
They offered possibilities on a path to justification. They veer in wild directions. That his sons were, in fact, God-fearing. That's what quieted Aaron. Or his heart was just broken, and he was broken, never to be the same, pain by the loss. But the most frequent is that Aaron accepted God's judgment on his sons and then received reward. To me, there can be no acceptable compensation regardless of the interpreted rationalization. Later in the chapter, there is another incident. This time, the two remaining brothers, again, it had to do with an offering. But here, it was where those newly ordained priests, where the sacred would be consumed. They ate it in the wrong place, which angered Moses. But this time Aaron spoke up. He explained their behavior to Moses, and Moses heard what Aaron said. And the text tells us, and Moses approved. It was good in his eyes. And then the chapter ends, as if the world could go on. But we are left frozen by the stillness in the face of death. In the first instance of misaligned ritual behavior regarding his sons, Aaron was silent. In the second time, Aaron directed his words to Moses with clarity and explanation. Perhaps his words this time could make a difference. Perhaps before, Aaron was stunned into silence. We do not know for sure, but we do know there is a time to speak out and a time to remain silent, as Ecclesiastes described. Or is there? We do not know what was going on in Aaron's mind, but his inner converse and what his inner conversation might have been. Or perhaps it wasn't the consuming fire that enveloped his sons that thrust Aaron into silence. Remember what Moses said to him immediately after? This is what the eternal meant. Those through those near to me, I show myself holy and gain glory before all the people. In the face of death, Moses invoked God's holiness and glory, which seems to me a far cry from soothing words. How could Aaron make sense of that image spoken of by his brother? There has to be something else going on. I think... The answer is from the book of Kings. When Elijah is so exhausted from arguing with the, with the God of Baal and those who worship Baal, God spoke to him. Part of what God said was, after the earthquake, fire, v'char harash, esh. But the eternal was not in the fire. Lo va'esh Adonai. And after the fire, v'char ha'esh a soft, murmuring sound. Kol de mama daka. Kol de mama daka means whisper through a quiet voice. It still speaks. 
But Aaron was silent. Listen to the Hebrew. Vayidom Aharon. The root of Vayidom, Demama. The same as the still small voice. Kol Demama Daka. In this moment of intense pain and agony, there is an immensely quiet voice responding. There is a voice, but it is a whisper, even in his silence. God is speaking through him, drawn in close, a divine voice murmuring in the quiet. The Hebrew is specific about what word is used. It does not say, Aaron was silenced, as in sheket, be quiet. It was active. What was God then saying? In that moment when the tragedy drained Aaron's breath from his voice, he was garnering the strength to regain it. Now we have watched the horror and atrocities perpetuated upon the people of Ukraine. We have cried out and asked, what can we do? Sanctions, donations, rallies are crucial, all divine work for sure. And still, it has not been enough. Even diplomacy has fallen on covered narcissistic ears, sometimes quietly and sometimes more boldly. When the dead are lying before us, fire raining down terror, that fire comes from a very unholy space. Now it feels impossible to whisper. It is time to speak out much more boldly, to have our voices cry out in the wilderness of the cruelty of this war of unprovoked aggression. The words of our tradition inform us. Do not stand by the blood of your neighbor. Al ta'amod al dam re'echa. We cannot ignore the firebombing, the missiles, the lack of regard for human life. Big letters that yell, children are in here, so as to not turn it into a target, but to keep it protected but fire itself, fire instead, rains down. Isaiah, the prophet, rallied us. Cry from the depth, lift your voice like a shofar. It is time to speak out and speak up. We need to advocate for our leaders to do more. We need more action in the face of death and destruction, even with the amount already demonstrated by NATO and the U.S. leadership. We don't need another history lesson of a maniacal evil leader moving across the continent and then ending up all the way to France. We should be angry and impatient. If our hearts are broken for the pain and anguish we are witnessing others enduring, imagine the three million, three and a half million refugees and the millions left behind who live in peril 
every second of every day. There is an irony that our tradition attributes peace to Aaron. Hillel says, be of the disciples of Aaron, love peace and pursue peace. These are active verbs. Let our love of peace that includes the well-being of the citizens of Ukraine lead us and the nations of the world to pursue peace aggressively and vigorously in every possible way. There can be no such thing as silence. This has been a Temple Israel of Boston production. Join us next time for another episode of TI Clergy Corner.